0: We're drinking marg's from El Fuego
1: dash assault.
0: Very early in the day for me to have anything. That's bullshit. But, okay. You know that's bullshit. Very early for a margarita. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's early right. for mid-March to him for him. All right. This is liquid gold where we do sh- shots. It's shots. <sighs> cha- it's
0: shots. Shots. Sh- sh- Shibbity shippity shippy shippity shippity shippy many, 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 many. Shots.
1: It's the return of shots. Shorts. The weather is returning to sunshine and it's beautiful outside. And every once in a while we do, well, more than every once in a while, we do a short episode that's focused on one topic. And we are nearing our hundredth episode. We will be there this summer, and we've never done margarita. So it's a very special day. Today it's Shot's Margarita. We have our cocktail correspondent Miss Jessica Bacus in the house. Welcome, Jess. Jess. How are Cheers, you? Friends. It's so great to have uh, you back on the show.
2: It's so great to be back. I miss you guys.
1: We miss you. Miss you.
2: Your voices are very soothing.
1: Likewise. We try to soothe. <laughs> My name is Mike Wolf, your host today, along with my co-host, Mr. Kenneth Edmund. Kenneth.
0: Hello. We
1: are drinking margaritas in the afternoon, in the spring. It's officially spring. We're past the first day of spring. We're recording this on March 22nd. We got some nice margaritas in our glass. Since the pandemic and the upheaval of the restaurant industry, now you can get margaritas to go at a lot of restaurants. And so we are talking about all the various ways that you can make a margarita, but one easy way to get a margarita in Nashville is to order them from El Fuego. So that's what we did. Uh, We have El Fuego margaritas in our glass. Shout out to El Fuego out in Inglewood. They were a humble yet busy restaurant just off the railroad tracks there in Inglewood. Then they moved to a new location. They're just over there near Norval, And Gallatin. Can't miss them because there's a million cars parked out there. And they have, uh, gosh, about 8 to 10 tents. They really adapted. So you got to give them a shout-out. They really adapted during the pandemic. They have margaritas to go. um, So we have to give them a shout-out. They make really nice margaritas. And uh, there's nothing fancy about them. But the key and what we're going to talk about today on shots, the key being fresh lime juice. These days you can't get around it. It used to be. You could get around doing fresh lime juice, doing other things, but now you really can't get around it. Um, So shout out to El Fuego. We're enjoying these margs. So Jess, I got to ask you, let's bring you into the conversation here early because um, you live in a seaside town. You live in the Low Country Mm -hmm. there in Charleston. You're bartending at the Longboard there on Sullivan's Island. You guys are making really cool tiki drinks. You're making some beautiful margs. You're also working at the Exchange at Edmund's Oast, the Edmonds Oast bottle shop. So you're dispensing wisdom there. But what's the margarita scene like there in Charleston?
2: Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody loves a margarita. Everybody wants every version they can get of a margarita. And so, um, I mean, we just on our menu at the Longboard, we have basically two margarita variations just on our classic cocktail menu. And then... The whole arsenal of ingredients to make margaritas for people. And then, you know, of course, the ever-present firewater tincture that makes the, uh, the margaritas spicy when people want spicy margaritas. Yeah. It's hot here a lot, and there's water everywhere, so people want margaritas all the time.
1: I bet. That's what's so amazing in the fact that we haven't covered it yet. Before we get but into also, your— I
2: feel like you've covered the margarita in every episode when you follow the uh, mantra that tequila isn't fair. Because right. you talk about all these other cocktails and how realistically any one of them would be delicious with tequila
1: in them. And isn't that really just a bunch of variations of a margarita? You're you're exactly right. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more. We got to throw a plug here because you wrote some beautiful stuff for the book. Kenneth wrote some great stuff for the book and the book is being wrapped up and there's been all this amazing photography. So we got to throw it out. A shout out to Cheer, the Liquid Gold Holiday Drinking Guide that will be arriving in November And we have a whole chapter about tequila and we talk about and other various uh, agave spirits. And we talk about the fact that tequila is unfair. And so if you want to know the manifesto of why tequila is unfair, get the book. It's going to be coming out and we don't want to we don't want to step on that chapter. But there's so much margarita content to get to. Let's get into some history. One of the things that I think is so fascinating about the margarita is the history really is murky. You can't point to one bar, you can't point to one bartender as the originator of the margarita. But one of the earliest stories of the margarita is 1938, and I think most people agree. So David Wondrich, the cocktail scholar, he pretty much agrees margarita must have been been consecrated late 30s mid 40s that's kind of your window so you're looking between 1938 and 1945 1947 that's kind of your window for all these things that were happening with tequila and with beverages right around baja california right around southern california san diego going down to tijuana there's a lot of stories here's one 1938 a man named carlos danny herrera at his restaurant rancho la gloria which was right between tijuana and rosarito in the Baja, California. He created for a regular customer and a Ziegfeld Follies dancer, Marjorie King and her influence. So if you think about this, if this is the story, which is possible, Marjorie King was such a big deal at the time, late thirties. She was a vaudeville star. Vaudeville had been going on for a while at that point. She had the, um, and God bless her. Let's talk about it. She was like, I'm allergic to vodka and gin, and brandy, and bourbon. What am I not allergic to? Tequila. (laughs) So she said, I can deal with tequila. And so the fact that she partied a lot in Southern California and crossing the border, this story made its way to Carlos Danny Herrera at the restaurant, the aforementioned Rancho La Gloria. And he said, all right, I'm going to come up with a perfect cocktail for Miss Marjorie King. I'm going to throw... Tequila with some lime juice and some uh, orange curacao. And that's going to be my drink. That became the uh, the creation of of what a lot of people believe is the first margarita. This drink was passed from Herrera to a bartender named Albert Hernandez, who really made a thing of making margaritas in La Jolla in San Diego there in 1947. He had kind of made the margarita a thing in that in that little neighborhood. Now you have another story. According to the brand Jose Cuervo, where the cocktail was invented in 1938 by a bartender in honor of Mexican showgirl Rita De La Rosa. Then you have all these stories that the margarita is really just a tequila daisy. So the daisy being a really popular cocktail that was like citrus juice, a sweet liqueur, like an orange liqueur or a triple sec or a curacao. And that someone just added tequila to that and you had a tequila daisy. Daisy in Spanish translates to margarita. And so that's pretty easy. That's probably most likely. There's also a lot of stories that trace it to Ensenada. In the Baja California 1941, bartender Don Carlos Orozco Orozco, reputedly named a drink after Mexican-German patron Margarita Henkel Cecina, a frequent customer to the cantina. Because Cecina was a ranch operator by trade, and uh, this is according to Wikipedia, it's disputed whether she was the daughter of a German ambassador, as the story claims. It's crazy. There are all these different stories about who created the margarita. I suppose it really doesn't matter. But I think that if you go back to, here, here's one thing that I think is important to mention with the margarita, because we've talked about this before, we talk about this in the book, pomegranate and tequila are these like best friends, long lost friends. And a lot of people don't realize that, that a lot of the original tequila daisies that probably turned into the margarita were tequila, lime juice, pomegranate. There was a grenadine, but grenadine would have been made with real pomegranates back then. So this tequila, lime juice, grenadine, Holy Trinity, which is sort of lost to time as maybe some sort of modern invention really laid the stage, laid the foundation for the original margarita. Now, there's a recipe that reared its head in the 1930 book, My New Cocktail Book. <laughs> Terrible title by G.F. Steele. Without noting a specific recipe or inventor, a drink called the Tequila Daisy was mentioned in the Syracuse Herald and was this was referenced, this book was referenced in a December 1953 issue of Esquire. Without noting any inventor, this tequila daisy was noted as the precursor to the margarita, which I believe is true, but there's so many different variations. There's so much different history for this. Now let's talk about, and Jess, I want to hear some of your recipes. I know you have great margarita recipes. But I also know that you make some great frozen drinks. And I think what a lot of people don't realize about the margarita is the origin of the frozen drink machine. You can trace to the creation of the margarita. So the Smithsonian National Museum of American History back in 2005, they acquired the world's first frozen drink machine, which was invented in 1971 by Dallas restaurateur, Mariano Martinez. All of the frozen drinks that we enjoy now, frozen painkiller, frozen pina colada, those dr- those machines were created for the frozen margarita. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. Pretty amazing. Now, Jess, I want to put it to you. What's your ideal? Before we get into some of the details of what makes a great one, what's your ideal margarita recipe?
2: Um. Okay, so I have, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion, but... My basic, delicious, favorite margarita recipe is essentially, in easy ways to remember, two, half, 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 half. Okay. So I like to do two ounces of tequila and then basically a heavy ounce of dry curacao. And you can use any curacao, but I really like to use the for on dry curacao because I think it's the best for everything indeed for any application and then a light half of simple syrup as opposed to agave just because i think it keeps it nice and light Mm. and then a heavy half of lime juice and a light half of lemon juice and a little pinch of salt
0: i feel like agave is kind of hard to get these days at least like sustainably priced agave like uh the agave nectar yeah like depending on where you are
2: yeah. And it's like honey where there's really dark and intense agave and there's really light, and delicate agave. And so just putting agave into a drink, you don't really know, you know, it's going to affect the texture of it. And it's going to affect the flavor of it.
1: I think uh, I, I think you bring up a, an important point, because if you're using agave in your margaritas and you have there's two different kinds of agave, really, that you can get at the store. You've got the the darker agave and then there's the light agave. And if you can use the light agave in your tequila cocktails, you're going to be much more happy with that than a lot of the darker, sweeter agave, which can overwhelm a drink. It can be super sweet. So if there's any way to use the light agave, that's what we recommend. But you bring up a good point where simple syrup can be really nice to use if you have like your fresh lime juice, you have some fresh lemon juice you want to throw in there. Maybe you want to throw some fresh orange juice in there. And mm-hmm. this is going to keep the flavor super vibrant and light. You're going to be able to keep to, to, to taste the tequila. And the dry curacao helps to keep out any additional sugar.
2: Yeah, I mean, it keeps it nice and light and it is refreshing Definitely. and delicious. And then you can drink a whole bunch of them.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Kenneth, I know we're going to get some booze news from you later, but uh, I want to hear where you're at on margarita as you're crushing one right now. <laughs>
0: Bartender-wise, I've always enjoyed a guest that ordered one because that makes them easy. And uh, depending on the uh, the place that you work, like, margarita drinkers are, like, actually not incredibly wild wild folks. Like, they're usually pretty fucking laid back. I was thinking about this the other day, like, uh, dirty martini drinkers. I always, like, kind of hate on them, but they don't really drink a lot of dirty martinis. They kind of just have... A martini, have the kick, one kick, kick back, mm-hmm. like the wild ones are at or just the rando dude at the Mexican restaurant that's had like a picture to himself. But I traditionally have only drinking the margarita as a hangover, <laughs> as a hangover drink. Like, Here we go, uh, you got there we go. the fresh juice, um, a vegetal, like uh. Uh, vegetal liquor, like if you weren't drinking <laughs> it the night before, like I don't know, like uh, if you weren't drinking margaritas the night before, it's a it's a great hangover remedy. Because Jess, what do you think about on...
1: Kenneth's denotion of uh, of tequila as a vegetal liquor?
2: <laughs> I think that that's brilliant and next level, and it's basically like the Corpse survivor Number Three. Give me a margarita. You can even throw a splash of absinthe in it if you want. But oh, hell yeah
1: i agree because i love that you
2: know that tequila like obviously tequila is one of the healthier of the liquors and then like you said you have a little bit of fresh juice you have a little bit of sugar you have the vitamins you have all the things that you need to you just, have salt, like, kick that like, thing like, uh... oh yeah and get salt rid of your hangover really fast and honestly just put a fernet floater on it and then you call it a day holy shit <laughs> that's great
0: wow. a lot of people oh, go to God. bloody mary's for their hangover cure, but they don't know what the fuck people are putting in their Bloody Marys, like, unless it's blatantly they're, they're pouring zing Zang into the, into the glass or something like that. If someone's batching a uh, Bloody Mary and you're reaching for a Bloody Mary because it's, it's hung up because you're hung over, like, you don't, you don't know what you're getting. You don't, you don't know if it's, you don't know if it's going to help you, but like uh, straightforward margarita recipe you do know what you're getting. And I, thank you, Jess, for describing drinks in, um, in parts and parts, quarters and halves, because that's kind of, I, I feel like, uh, what folks need to hear is, is a lot more of like, uh, parts in their cocktails as a parts, as opposed to, uh, ounceage or milliliters.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. But, and it's, I mean, yeah, cause if you have, obviously everything's about balance, Right. And to your your Bloody Mary point about that being like a token hangover cure, just because it has vegetables in it doesn't mean that it's good for a hangover. Because if you're nauseous, the last thing you want to do is drink a bunch of heavy, spicy, dark, intense gut balm things. You want something light and refreshing and crisp that's going to make you feel better and bring you back to life.
1: And anything involving tequila has got a good chance of
2: doing that. Balance is the most important thing. And so I think especially when you start working in a new bar or you start working with new bartenders starting with the idea of classic recipes and ratios is is a great because someone can throw 17 ingredients into a drink and not know why they're all there how much of them should go and so Starting with starting simple is is always best and then having understandable ingredients and ratios and formulas makes everything easier to translate across the board.
1: For sure. Um and I I don't know if you remember this, but this was part of the training when we all worked together at Husk. If you were a new bartender, you had to master the margarita before you could work a shift by yourself because <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you remember that. That was a big thing that um Adam Morgan who runs the bar over there now, Adam, we love you, crazy talented, got l- tons of ideas. He's always had a lot of ideas about cocktails, and he's done a lot of creative stuff. And But I remember that last day when he was getting done with training and was about to be on his own, he had to just keep making margarita because that's where you get to your balance, yeah. to that point of balance. And I feel like that is, if there's anything we can impart today, that's that's one of the keys of the margarita is it teaches you balance because you have your spirit, you have your fresh juice, you have your sweetener. And one of the beautiful things about it is the template is telling you to use two different kinds of sweetener, which is sort of a template for a modern cocktail where you would have like two different sweeteners. You might have a liqueur and then something else to give it balance. Or maybe you're using two different kinds of citrus. Like you use the lemon and lime. I would use lime and orange a lot for my margaritas. Mm -hmm. All you're trying to do is get to a point of balance. And what's unfair about tequila and what's unfair about the margarita is that salt is a part of it. So if you're making a like they called them. And I feel like this is going to be totally foreign and weird for a lot of people that listen to this show. But if you are not our age and you're much younger, there was the tequila teeny tequila teeny was a thing. And I feel like it was a really beautiful thing. While it lasted, it was basically Blanco tequila, fresh lime juice, and either triple sec or a mixture of triple sec and agave. So it's basically a margarita, right? Mm -hmm. But it was simplified to the point where it was just all about balance and all about being a little bit more spirit forward like a martini would. And I I feel like that little era of tequila teeny, which was late 2000s, early 2010s, I think that okay. was a really special era because it was it was showing people that, like, a margarita is really simple, is really easy to pull off, but it's all about balance. And either you, with those few ingredients and that method, you either are going to make something that's too acidic, too sweet, or just right. And the salt component of that, whether it's the salt on the rim, whether you add a little salt in the shaker, whether you do both, that's everything. And the salt is balancing it out so i feel like we have to mention that for anyone that wants to make margaritas salt's a huge part of it it's also it also makes it unfair because what you're not you're not using salt in a daiquiri you're not saying salt is a big part of an old-fashioned salt has nothing to do with the negroni it has nothing to do with an old-fashioned or a manhattan but it has everything to do with the margarita yeah that's why it's okay and
2: that's like Salt, I think we've said for years, it's the secret ingredient in most cocktails. Salt and Saint Germain. If you can't get your cocktail right, just throw a little dash of Saint Germain and a pinch of salt into it, and you have something delicious. But that's,
0: that's pretty good. That's pretty good. The
2: only the only point I'll argue on that is that I would say with a Negroni and a Manhattan, salt is part of it because there is a a, a just a salty or a salinity character of vermouth. There's not actual salt in it, but it does add, it does perform the duties that salt would perform in many cocktails.
1: Well, I think you're right. I mean, I definitely agree with you. I think that that's a next level sort of thing that if you're going to start introducing salt into your everyday cocktails, I do think all those cocktails could benefit from it. And I think the key is it's the salt that you don't notice. You know, like you don't want to taste it. You don't want to notice that it's there. But if you have repetition with making these drinks with Negroni and Old Fashioned and Manhattan and you start to notice what salt does to it, then you're starting to become a master, I feel like, because then you're seeing that it's going to soften the bitterness. It's going to not accentuate the sweet, but just make the sweet more integrated. And so I do feel like salt... Is a huge part of it. When you're yeah. talking about margarita, but also any classic cocktail.
0: You're involving the the rest of the mouth, basically totally. throwing salt in. You can throw too much in pretty quickly, but uh, a little goes a long way in your experimentation, I suppose. Like uh, just a small crunch. Just cro- a pinch. Yeah, just a pinch.
1: So Jess, you've made a, a lot of beautiful spicy margaritas too. Um in talking to younger bartenders that I work with at Audrey, just younger bartenders in general, I feel like the spicy margarita is like the drink of a generation. Yeah, It's like the drink of the last 10 years. I've got a recipe in Barantined, which came out last summer because I felt like it was just a lot of people missed working in restaurants and a lot of people missed like being at restaurants where you could just be like, oh yeah, I'll take a spicy margarita. Um, that I feel like it had to be in there, but you, you make a lot of spicy margaritas there at the longboard. So why don't you give us a little hint on the recipe that you're using there and some techniques there?
2: Well, I would imagine if I were making spicy margaritas at Audrey, I would probably be using some kind of heirloom pepper that I can't get in Charleston and you guys would be using it fresh and, you know, Uh juicing it in front of people. (laughs) So (laughs) We don't do that at the longboard, although I do love working with the chefs there because they do a lot of cool stuff with herbs and plants and peppers and vegetables. And just like when we were at Husk, I love cross-utilizing all of their ingredients, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I have played around with making spicier cordials with like fermented peppers and things like that. But um, just because of volume and because of you know how how quickly and how efficiently you need to be able to knock out drinks um in a beach bar and you know be able to make them consistent we we make just like a a spicy tincture so i mean if somebody doesn't want to make it at home i'm i'm a big fan of all the scrappy stuff but the scrappy fire water is a really easy way to add a little bit of heat to cocktails, you know? Sure. Scrappy's
1: bitters. Scrappy's bitters. You can find them at your bottle shop and they have a fire water that is made from habanero and a dash or two goes a long way. So that's a good pointer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And then we, we have a, uh, we make a a habanero cordial um, at the longboard for one of, for like a, basically a spicy version of like a passion fruit margarita. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, and that's just steeping fresh habaneros basically into simple syrup. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, adjusting how long you steep them based on how hot the habaneros are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have like a, a really fun kind of hot, slightly spicy, but more savory margarita play that's with um, we infuse the tequila with grilled pineapple and grilled serrano chilies. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's super fun because you get a little bit of heat. You get a lot of that beautiful, like caramelized fruit savoriness to it. Tropical vibes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tro- yeah. Tropical, a little bit spicy, but, you know, makes you hungry. But um, oh, man. yeah, but just, you know, for us to make our fire water, we also, you know, always keep a little bit of 151 in a dasher bottle behind the bar because we love setting things on fire. Mm-hmm. So if I'm making a fire water tincture, like a spicy tincture to put into uh, our drinks, basically I'll start with a base of 151 and do a combination of fresh habaneros and dried either like Thai, Thai chilies or Arbol chilies.
0: Dang. Whoa.
2: Um, and steep that for a couple of days and then basically like strain that out. It gets crazy, crazy hot and then thin it out with just like vodka
1: just so that it's
2: not super rummy tasting and it's not crazy like blow your face off hot but you're also like extract all the heat i can with the high proof rum and then temper it out
0: that's
1: great um, yeah you're also like preserving it at that point with the vodka you're Mm -hmm. you're bringing out more flavor but you're also preserving what's there with the vodka
0: yeah yeah i like the habanero idea for sure i think habaneros the sweetness in habaneros is perfect Perfect. Yeah. For a margarita. Mm, yeah. The jalapenos too are really great because they add like uh, like if you're using fresh we're we're talking like f- fresh peppers here jalapenos kind of add a color you just gotta kind of like watch uh, as a bartender you watch like how many seeds you're throwing into a shake or yeah model you gotta be careful like uh,
1: but that's the easy way you're right that's the easy way to make a spicy a spicy margarita is to just shake in peppers um so jalapeno serrano habanero those are starting to come up from mexico now i would say at the grocery store and we'll be fresh we'll be available fresh in probably a couple months for you jess maybe two or three months for us but uh that's a really easy way to do a spicy margarita is to shake in your peppers and then double strain that cocktail yeah Um,
2: Well, that's also fun because the the vegetal, the fun, like actual flavor of the peppers will come through. And then, you know, like kind of said, the vegetal characteristics of really tasty tequila, those will play off of each other really well. And they'll bring out the kind of like bright vegetation of the peppers that you use. So
1: which is sort of why it's like the perfect cocktail, because there's so much harmony involved. Mm -hmm. Tequila and lime. We know that that's a thing. Tequila, lime, Mm -hmm. and salt, we know that that was a thing probably before the margarita. It's almost like they were ahead of their time being like, well, pomegranate makes a lot of sense. So why don't we just do tequila, salt, lime, pomegranate, and that could be the margarita. That's arguably the the original margarita, which later became the Mexican Firing Squad as a classic Mm. cocktail. So we can double this as a Mexican Firing Squad shots episode as well but later it became orange curacao as a sweetening agent. And then later sort of a split base. That's why I feel like margaritas are really the original craft cocktail. It was spirit that you could easily split with something else. So you could easily do tequila and mezcal, tequila and rum. There's a million ways you could do it, but then citrus juice being lime, which you could easily split with orange, with lemon And then the sweetener, agave, which you could easily split, or pomegranate or grenadine, which you could easily split with said grenadine or with orange curacao or with an orange simple. The original craft cocktail to me, and that's why I feel like it's so important. And that's why I feel like, as we talked about, it's one of the most important cocktails to learn because you're going to learn about balance. You're going to learn how to balance various sources of sour and sweet and spirit. And a spirit that's not necessarily supposed to be super strong. Like, we've done Daiquiri. We've done the Zombie. We've done Mai Tai. And we've done Gimlet and all these other things where the proof of those spirits is going to be higher a lot of times than tequila. Tequila is typically 80 proof and that's it. And so I feel like a lot of people think of it as stronger. But it's it's not.
2: It's just easier to drink, so you drink too much of it and <laughs> it's stronger.
1: That's true.
0: Likely, well and a lot yeah. of
2: times, especially now that it's, you can get good tequila really easily, it doesn't have it's so smooth and it's it's not intensely aromatized in most most cases, like with gin or with rum or with whiskey. So it's it's like a more exciting and like almost like sweeter, more subtle characteristic, but almost blank template.
1: And so if we talk about fresh lime juice being maybe the most important component of a margarita. So if your neighborhood Mexican restaurant, they're not necessarily juicing fresh lime for their margaritas. That's going to be a different kind of margarita. And that's the margarita that you just sort of like, okay, I deal with it. It's neon green. I'm here, I get my chips and salsa, I get my food, and it's fine, (laughs) I'm having a good time. And so all we can offer in those instances is is to say, if you know you're at a place that does not juice lime, is to say, I'll take a margarita, extra limes. So you get your extra limes, and you just squeeze them in there. And that's going to be, that's going to give you a lot of extra flavor. Then as you drink it, and you're like, you know what, I got my fresh lime in there, but now I need more tequila. Okay, order another shot of tequila. And another shot of tequila can be cheaper than ordering another margarita. And so that's how you can sort of get around that. But let's talk about the idea of the
0: fresh juice. Happy how- hours with Mike right here. Like <laughs> every bartender at 4 p.m. Fucking- hates you. <laughs> if we're talking Margs, I'm on
1: the loose. So let's talk about how you're juicing your lime. And can you... So, and and I've talked to this about uh, the good the 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 great guests that we get in at Audrey that, that come in and uh, we're juicing things for them like a la minute. We're doing a lot of a la minute stuff at the moment and juicing things right in front of people. Um, and I feel like the margarita plays into that because people are like, Oh my god, look at that juicer you have that like you just like slowly press the juice. And the oils from the citrus go right into the juice. Um, I need one of those. I've had a lot of guests that are like, I need one of those for the house. And I tell them, yes, you do. And the reason you do is because this is going to make your margaritas so much better. And so if you are juicing lime where you are holding that half of a lime, if you're holding the rind itself and like pressing it on an electric juicer, there's a huge difference there between if you're cutting that lime in half and then juicing it on a hand juicer where you are juicing the peel itself and pressing that oil into the juice, that's gonna make such a better margarita than if you are just like juicing from the pith, if that makes sense. So if you have a way of hand cranking your juice, to where the rind of the lime is infusing into the juice, that makes a huge difference into your lime juice and to your margarita.
2: Yes,
0: <laughs> agreed, hundred percent.
1: That that's my one. Well, that was
0: a Dia Tribe.
1: Yeah, it was. It was, but like, that's my one hack for 100%. margaritas: is,
0: is if you can I press, can. if you can be pressing the lime. Mike is stressing the um, the importance of the lime oil which is which you which can is kinda see why you you give yeah. someone a lime like a like a lime wedge or whatever um it's not necessarily i feel like often enough to add more lime juice it's more like to add like zest like yeah lime and it's, zest you know what and, you
1: make it thank you you make a great point because it's the same thing as we I have i think
0: i don't think a lot of folks know that like the oil that's stored in the rind has that's so almost, much flavor. Has a lot to of it. importance to we it we
1: don't yeah. want to dissuade you from using that and so that's like you're right and so you want to take that oil and you want to squeeze that over the top but then just drop it in just drop that lime in and you're going to get all that oil in there and you're going to notice a huge difference because
2: and then stir it with the knife that you cut it with right
1: oh shit now you're talking yeah. next level paloma and this but was... Still, uh, it's
2: the same concept.
1: This is a this is a secret from the original Palomas, which was the only secret was not only do you hand juice lime and grapefruit, but that you stir the drink with the very knife that you use to cut the lime and the grapefruit. And so these are the things that we obsess about. This is why we have a podcast was on C-far- beverage.
0: Seafarers were like very big into this when they were... Um, <laughs>
1: Seafarers over
0: here. Uh, yeah, like... Uh, you know, like when they came across like um, uh, citrus in the Caribbean, yes, um, yes. Um, they Preach. would pack it. They would pack it in sugar and create like the first olios oh uh, to God. travel with them. Oh, that's amazing. I love this guy. I mean, that's where the, all the cocktails <laughs> come. You're talking about the Daisy becoming the Margarita. That's it. Was all like uh, that uh, semen that spread. <laughs> these cocktail ways yeah they had all this port getting, like they they knew what citrus was but they were never going to get the same citrus everywhere they were going
1: no there is a lot of flavor in those peels we need to make sure that that makes it into the drink and so Mm. that's one thing that i think has been lost with craft cocktails is people are like i just need to crank out as much juice as i can but Really, like, how are you getting the juice? Are you pressing the rind? Are you getting that oil infusing into the juice? That's one thing that I would say. If you're making margaritas at home, think about how you're juicing them, and are you getting the oil from that rind into your juice? Are you somehow pressing that? That will make a huge difference.
0: There's no reason why anyone would have, like, an insane juicer at home, I don't think, but, like, if you do have one of these suncast juicers or like centrifuge based, gore based <laughs> juicers, you can you can flip the rind <laughs> over as well and hit it a couple of times um, after you've juiced the core of it, and you can get those juices. Well, it's you're tough those, with those. Oils it's and, tough.
1: Well, That's the point you're making. It's well, really juicing tough. Juicing
0: limes, period, is tough,
1: juicing Mike. limes, period, is tough. But like you want to be making. If you're only making a two to four margaritas at your house, you have oh, a yeah. you have an inherent advantage. And that's what I think people don't realize. is like I go to a restaurant, they have the advantage when it comes to making my fresh marg, because they have all the setup and they have all the everything. Cause they're gonna be juicing those limes. They're holding the half of the lime upside yes. down. Crazy. And, and and if they're holding the peel, the peel is not getting into the juice. You really have the advantage when it comes to making a really good margarita. Because if you're juicing at home, you're going to be pressing that juice in a hand presser.
0: Yeah. To absolutely. which if you that's, are hand pressing the lime. That is an advantage, yes.
1: That's a huge advantage. Because nobody wants to sit there and hand press 80 limes. Because it would take too long. This is why the home bartender, when it comes to a margarita, you have the advantage. Because you're only trying to make two to four to six to whatever. But like you're not trying to make a million. Like they are at El Fuego, which God bless them, they make a great margarita. But they are juicing those limes by the hundred. This is the key to a beautiful margarita. This is the key to getting the oil
0: in there, into the juice. I agree. This margarita you made me beforehand. Shout out, you, El if Fuego. You noticed I didn't squeeze. I didn't squeeze the limes. Mm. I pulled them back and kind of wiggled them to get the oil out.
1: <laughs> so we'll give you one. Uh, we'll give you one pomegranate variation that might harken back to the original margarita. So let's do two ounces of Blanco tequila, three quarter ounce of fresh pressed with the oil, lime juice that has been strained for your cocktail. Then we're gonna do a quarter ounce or a little pinch, a little, uh, a little squeeze of fresh orange juice, dash of salt, half ounce of pomegranate juice. And then we're gonna do a quarter ounce of a pomegranate grenadine. So you don't have a lot of sugar in there. You've got the salt. You've got a lot of juice. You've got a lot of balance. That's your OG margarita. That's your 100 years old margarita. Try it out. Email us liquidgoldpot at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Should we move into a little boost?
0: My tequila recipe.
1: Oh, Kenneth's tequila comeback. Kenneth's tequila comeback.
0: One ounce. Very expensive Blanco tequila. Oh. Um, Yeah, spend $50 on a bottle. For, your, for yourself. That's a good idea. That's a good point. Like fifty to seventy-five dollars, you will thank me. I love this. If guy. you start spending this money on tequila, <laughs> you know what? Like, uh, um, when you're buying like expensive tequila, you're actually helping out the farmers in Yalisco region way more than buying the cheap cheap vodka or cheap tequila. The cheap tequila, point. can can be uh, can can have like uh, grain spirits added to it, and then the lower price point you get, the the less claim that it has to the name tequila to begin with. So, if you if you like blanco tequila or like uh, or you have a girlfriend that doesn't like aged tequilas, she likes like clear tequila. Get a Cristalino, like uh, it's got all the body and it's been clarified. So relationship so advice her, via tequila. That freaky girlfriend isn't freaked out by color. That's why I only. That's why I only. Do. <laughs> That's why I only date uh, colorblind women now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I figured out I, I need to start an app for colorblind people that want to date. Yes, anyway, are
2: you still um, there? I am. I just, I, the only distinction I want to make is that uh, I think it's important to note that you should spend money on really good tequila that is good, not because it's expensive, because it's owned by a celebrity. Yes. Yes, so this well is put. where we're going to a bottle shop where you trust the people who work there uh, and they can give you a good recommendation. Because we get, we get calls for all of that nonsense all the time. And for my money, I would rather drink like Fortaleza uh,
1: than oh, Casamigos
2: man. like any day. And they're about the same price.
1: Let's so go I'm around.
2: with owning one With owning a really, really good bottle of Blanco tequila. It's kind of like grower-producer champagne you know, you can get like extraordinary champagne that's coming straight from the people who are growing it and it's way cheaper than Vov Clicquot. but because of the name Vov Clicquot is more expensive, it doesn't mean that because you're spending more money it's necessarily better. So do a little research and then spend a lot of money on a really good bottle of tequila.
1: So you would recommend for Laza? I could be over here saying like tequila ocho if you're getting tequila ocho. The Blanco. Mm, you're so gonna steak, be you're gonna be so making an incredible margarita. And then Kenneth over here, he brought to the party today
0: mm. Don Fulano. Don um,
1: Fulano
0: Blanco. It's like the Penz oil brand of uh tequilas. Like it's like oil for humans. I was telling you, like, look at it. <laughs> it's like, motor uh, oil for humans. <laughs> it was weird as like I've got a lot people, to do today. Folks sometimes trip out on like wine, like uh Rich white ladies will be, like, all about, like, swirling a glass and being like, look at the legs.
2: And I'm like,
0: (laughs) like, I am, I guess. Like, what are you talking about, lady? Tequila-wise, like, this this shit has legs. All the agave is single estate grown on premises about 15 miles north into higher elevation in uh, Guadalajara super delicious tastes like orange rind soaked in like okra juice Mm,
2: so you would take an ounce of that and do what with it for the comeback kenneth
0: apple brandy yes mike's fresh lime juice just a half a half a lime make sure that you're not doing it in the sunlight if you're hand you are hand squeezing get that
1: lime juice all over your hands and get that sunburn stuff you will get it's not good
0: if yeah. you're in the sunlight squeezing juice, you will have the worst sunburn on your hands within five ten minutes. It's
1: you can get really intense rashes and burns.
0: Well, there's a social it, including me like two years ago. Like, uh, you have to put like a bunch of fucking uh, like sunscreen on. But when when you're bartending in direct sunlight with sunscreen on your hands. Shit doesn't work out. It gets slippery. Yeah, you slip so like, a tequila
1: uh, bottle slips out of your hand. The glasses are it's slipping. Like, why did
0: I agree to this special event? Like,
1: <laughs> why did I agree to this?
0: <laughs> one half or one full lime, um, Pierre Ferrand orange, orange liqueur, which is a brandy based. Do you drink that by by the itself? Pierre Ferrand Ever?
1: dry curacao.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's
2: so good, and it's my favorite thing is to give people who love. Gramignet, it's side by side with Pierre Ferron. And literally 10 out of 10 times, they're like, oh, God, that's amazing. Oh, so much better.
1: You can always sub a half ounce to a quarter ounce of orange juice uh, in place like, of the is orange. This Kenneth's recipe. Oh, right. So I'm sorry. Kenneth, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> no, we'll, right. we'll, we'll
0: splash orange juice on top. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Like for just sorry. like a fresh <laughs> orange wedge, we'll squeeze it off. That's why we need, Jess, around to keep, keep it honest. Yep. I agree with Jess. Uh, simple syrup, because I don't, I don't want to trust. I don't, I don't want to trust agave like uh, syrups. They're always expensive, and sometimes they're too strong, and they're always cut. If you look at the labels, there's always like cane sugar added to them. So, just do simple syrup. Do a half ounce. See where you're at. Spoon of uh, green chartreuse. Whoa! You should have that at home. If you have tequila at home. If you have apple brandy at home, you should have just like a shorts bottle of both the chartreuses if you want to. Yeah, get a little
1: 375.
0: That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Pinch of salt, salt rim. I think I'm it was a lot of fun.
1: myself a margarita because I'm jealous. Do you want to do any booze news, Kev? All right. And the time has come. But ciao, ciao, ciao. I- it's shots, but it's booze news. And it's timely. And we're drinking tequila, which means the truth is coming
0: out. Guy Fieri has now opened Flavorland, Tennessee. Okay. Pigeon Forge. I was yes. just out there last week, yes. and they were not open. Uh, like uh, uh, it was a it you was a course. Cool first stuff. in line. Okay. I wasn't in. I was passing through okay. Pigeon okay. Forge. Right. Mike. Yeah, I, was I was in Ash. Yeah. I was.
2: Did you I, punch I, the moose? The moose out front should have told you that we're closed. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I, Sorry, that was he, a that
2: was a very vague vacation reference.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: National <laughs> Lampoon vacation reference. I love it.
0: Oh, Wally World.
2: Mm-hmm. The moose out front should have told you.
0: I didn't exactly like look for it to be open. I have all kinds of respect for Guy Fieri. He's done a lot for um, the service industry, the hospitality industry. More than most. More than most. Yeah, uh,
1: raised a lot of money, given a lot of money away, and done amazing things. It's no joke so coming people off, don't realize yes
0: yeah yeah but I, I didn't want no no there's no buts it's a oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, a yeah. huge place it's like yeah. uh 45 000 square feet arcade seats 300 people there's an arcade bowling alley Honorable. um and Honorable. mark mark walberg started a a uh, tequila line and uh oh. cedric the entertainer started a, a wine company jesus that's booze news
1: that's all you got okay guys this was amazing Thank you so much. Uh, we finally had to tackle Margarita. It was not going to be a short shots episode. Margarita is one of the most important drinks in the canon. It's one of the biggest drinks to test your own metal when it comes to balance. Can you balance a drink? Can you balance the sour elements with the sweet elements? Can you hit all the elements in between? Can you add salt in such a way that you don't really notice in the final drink, can you balance the margarita? If you can, you can balance anything. If you can make salt work in a margarita, you can make it work in anything. Because if you're only making two, if you're only making four, you can spend that time
0: six getting... Eight. Maybe if six, maybe making, eight. If you're making 12. You can spend that
1: time getting the oil into your drinks. Jess, we'll be following up with you soon. Thank you so much for coming back. We missed you.
2: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's always such an honor and a pleasure.
1: We look forward to getting you back here for more episodes as we head to episode number 100, which will be this summer. And the Mm -hmm. book, Cheer, the Liquid Gold Holiday Drinking Guide will be out in November. And Jess has a lot of beautiful wine pairings in there as well as Italian grandpa cocktail ideas. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So much stuff. Kenneth has a bunch of random booze news stories that are going to blow your mind. Sorry. And uh, we have 165 recipes in the book Mm -mm. here on Liquid Gold. And uh, let's throw a shout out to Jess Matching for the logo, Upright T-Rex music for the tunes, and producer Michael Eads for everything, and all the people at We Own This Town. Check it out at weownthistown.net. You can find us on the new website, liquidgold.show.
0: Thank you Michael. Thank you Jess
1: And Thank you Jess Parker. Thank you Michael Wolf. Mm-hmm. We love you guys and uh we'll be drinking margaritas soon.
2: Get that pontoon boat ready.
1: We'll do. All right, and we'll see you next time right here on Liquid Gold. Later, later.